0: Hey there, my friend, it's Trisha Carr. Real quick before we head into this episode, I just want to make sure that you know about modern mystic. Life, a subscription service for spiritual mentoring and education. The monthly subscription is only $11.11 per month. We have regular support and inspiration delivered with the utmost ease right into your text messenger two to four times per week. You can use your mobile device or your desktop messenger to access the lessons and meditations, a monthly MP3 download of a produced meditation at least once per month live meditation led by me. There is no account login, and we have a monthly live class workshop. These are usually $35 for non-subscribers, so it is quite a deal. And the community is amazing. This is a way for you to support the Charmed Life Podcast and also a way for us to be able to work more closely together. So do check out how you can subscribe in the show notes. I hope to see you there. Hello and welcome to the Charmed Life Podcast. This podcast is all about magic, metaphysics, mysticism, and the unconditional love of the universe, and I am your host. My name is Trisha Carr. This is a very special episode. This episode has a guest who is doing the work of god of nature however you look at that and this this guest is someone that i have been following on instagram because of the joy that she and her family are bringing to other people's lives and she has turned that joy into a great work so let me tell you a little bit about my guest and before we head into the conversation that we have which is powerful i also have a message from my cat barnabas So, my guest is Fedra of Balam Foundation. Now, I have been following Fedra, well, actually, the Instagram profile called Balam underscore says because of that. Like I said, the delight that she brings. So, Balam is an oriental short haired cat, and he has this really cute voice, and he is very vocal, like always talking back. So Fedra's like having conversations with Balam, and he is very clearly answering her back, and there's a lot of sass, and there's a lot of humor, and it's just so wonderful. So this profile blew up on Instagram, and Fedra turned that into her life's work as a rescuer. So let me tell you about the heart and the purpose of Fedra's work, and Then we're going to get into a lot of amazing, I believe this is a very heart healing, encouraging episode that will help you to connect to your life's work or your soul purpose, those soul urges, and perhaps bring you some soothing energy around things that you might witness in the world so far as animals not being properly treated and suffering as well as nature and the environment. And we get into it but we also bring hope and empowerment to it. So the Balam Foundation is dedicated to ending animal suffering in Mexico's most impoverished communities by offering free sterilization to cats and dogs, as well as providing rescue, TNR, foster care, and adoption. We make a difference for the most vulnerable stray animals. We as in Balam. The Balam Foundation was established in 2021 and is named in honor of an opinionated resident oriental shorthair named Balam, who earned his celebrity on Instagram. Fedra Barrett is his mom, and she wanted to leverage his fame to help the stray and wild animals of Mexico. Balam in Mayan language means jaguar, and this house jaguar manages the team from the stovetop. Financial support for animal-centric organizations is nearly non-existent in Mexico due to widespread poverty, and in turn, the lives of animals, both domestic and wild, are rarely prioritized to receive attention and assistance. The BALAM Foundation lends the support to ensure safety and well-being of the 100-plus cats in care of the local feline sanctuary called Santuario Felino Rey Ashoka. So the work that she is doing is amazing, and our conversation is deeply vulnerable as Fedra shares how challenging it is to have a heart of service to rescuing in these trenches of really difficult circumstances, very difficult in a developing country such as Mexico. But I'm deeply encouraged and I feel empowered and I feel sisterhood with the work that she is doing. We get into other topics <laughs> as to do with the environment, as to do with the, the feminine um, duality and polarity, and uh, basically, we start to talk about the patriarchy, y'all, and we start to feel encouraged to do something about it. So I'm going to get you into this conversation. This is a longer episode, and packed with value and packed with heart. So I encourage you to definitely hang in and listen to the whole thing because you're going to continue to feel the encouragement. And we can start to add to our lives, follow the soul urges, or or change our lives so that we can be of service. And as I said, as I promised, I want to give you a message from Barnabas, my cat, before we head in to contextualize this So as you may or may not know, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. I am a spiritual teacher. I am um, an intuitive, a channel, and an animal communicator. And so this means to telepathically communicate with animals, their living, lived consciousness as incarnated beings, but that also includes the skills of animal mediumship, connecting with animals who are past, and animal healing. And so the services I provide involve me communicating directly with the animal, usually remotely, not in, not in person or in cat <laughs> or in dog, but um, to do this remotely with a few questions and a photograph, and then bring that to a conversation with the human who can continue to ask questions at that time and make that connection. And it's evidential, meaning that the animals tell me things that I couldn't have possibly otherwise known. And this helps the human to understand their animal more deeply, and under a lot of times understand that they already do understand their animal, and to have that real powerful validation. Now, that's the services I provide, but I also teach people how to do this, and to either use it in volunteer, or use it in their personal lives, or to turn it into a profession. So, just so you know, to give you context about what I do, I also teach people how to open other psychic skills. And, um... So as we are heading into this, I wanted to see if I could pull through some kind of context. I was letting my animals know what is going on today. I don't really have to let them know because we're so connected to the heart. And as I tapped in back home, because I'm at my studio right now, my Barnabas steps forward. So I have four cats and three birds and Barnabas is kind of the, the, the guide, the leader. He's the spiritual guardian of everyone in the household. So it wasn't surprising to me that he steps forward because, as I say in the conversation with Fedra, he is the best person in the world, my black cat Barnabas. And so he um, wanted to give us this message that every single thought, prayer, and action, every single action that we do in order to bring love and care and witness. And the alleviation of the suffering of animals heals us all, meaning it heals the animal and it heals the human race. And we feel overwhelmed by how much work there is to do and that every single step that we take in that process and every single action that is made is the work. It is It encompasses all of the work and that if there are any mistakes or any missteps along the way, and this is me, him, just I'm listening to him right now, that that isn't ours alone to carry, that it is a collective human race experience. And that's offered as to help us to keep moving forward, to trust in the loving intentions and actions. And then when there are difficulties challenges or even mistakes made to move through it because it's not necessarily only our burden to carry and to forgive ourselves keep moving forward and so i would encourage you as i say toward the end of the episode to check out the balam foundation website and subscribe to make a donation i say subscribe because i think that's the best way if you can, whatever it is you can afford, if it's a few bucks a month to be able to, you know, give something to the help that is so deeply needed. And um, so again, I feel very, I feel like this is a very therapeutic episode, talking about animals, talking about the heart of service and rescue and um, making this world a better place by lifting up animals. So without further delay, here's my conversation with Fedra of Balam Foundation, and I will chat with you on the other side. Vedra, I am so excited to connect with you. I have been following you and your amazing family, I guess, a couple of years, and I'm just so delighted. And to me, you and your family are huge celebrities. Like, this is better than having Gwyneth Paltrow on for me. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) So welcome welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you. Yes, and so for those who haven't had the, um, uh, uh, you know, upliftment in their life (laughs) for following you and your amazing family, why don't you, uh, would you like to share with us your journey, the work you're doing, and, you know, what we're here to chat about, of course. Sure.
1: You know, it's hard to know where to begin. Um, I've always been an animal lover. Mm -hmm. And in particular, I've always had a really... Intense connection with cats. Yeah. I'm an only child. And mm. so growing up, my siblings were cats. Yeah. And we, we would bond really, you know, intensely. So I've always had cats. Always, always, always part of my life. And I always wanted to work with animals. But I knew I couldn't be a vet. <laughs> so I was actually trained as an acupuncturist oh. for humans. Mm-hmm. And I always felt like there was something not quite the yes, it was a healing art and that's what I do. Mm-hmm. But I actually need to be working with cats. Yeah. So I came about it in a way that I never could have predicted. My cat Balam from mm-hmm. Balam underscore says he created a a, a big following for me and that allowed me he's actually helped create an avenue for me for me to actually be able to fulfill my vocation what i feel is my vocation yeah uh in animal rescue um so i guess in a nutshell what happened was he's he's this incredible oriental short hair cat who's got this incredible voice and we became well-known on, on cats of Instagram for, for the conversations that we would have. Yeah. Um, and then what happened one day was I was coming back from a hike with some friends and we actually saw a dog get hit. Oh. And this dog was my first big rescue we, we saw the car hit him, and he went flying. Mm. I mean, like, so he flew. Like six mm. feet in the air, he flew, and he flew over a bridge. Oh. My friends and I stopped the car. I remember running faster than i would probably ever run before down to where the dog was, and we found him, mm. and he was alive, which is a miracle because he had fallen into a river. So the water caught him. And he was, you know, swimming frantically to try and get out. And I knew something was wrong with him. Anyway, to cut a long story short, that was my first big rescue. He was paralyzed from the incident. But I was able, using my platform, to find him an amazing home hmm. in California. His name was Speedy. So that was my first rescue. And then, like, n- not even joking, like, the following month, I had another paralyzed dog. <laughs> And I managed to rescue her, get her all the uh, surgery she needed, and, and find her a home in the states. And then I thought, okay, this is actually a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so I applied for five hundred one c three nonprofit status, and and we got that in twenty twenty one. I've been working ever, ever since, mm-hmm. both in rescue. To, so so in other words, we I, I foster. I have a foster adopt to adopt program. We foster and find homes through my, um, pages, uh, mm-hmm. on Instagram. It's quite amazing because we're sending animals from Mexico to the States. Um, which is amazing because they're mm-hmm. getting chances that they would never have here. Never. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one of the things we do. I mean, I can, I could go on and on. I'm going to, I'm going to give you some space to, to, <laughs> to ask me anything that you might need to in case what I just said provoked, uh.
0: Oh, it's just so beautiful. And I, I I love how you highlight that, you know, Balaam was the one who created this, like his soul, it's the purpose of you two coming together. And of course, everybody else in your family. And it's evident in your, the reels and the conversations that you have, because Balaam is hilarious with his hilarious voice. But it's also how you see him. And how you play with him. And it, it really is a resonance and a synergy of your soul purposes, I think, that is creating this. And its I'm just so grateful for it. And it's so beautiful. It's even crazier than that because,
1: let me back up even more. Because this really is about um, a soul journey. Yeah. So in 2012, uh, we were living in London. My daughter at the time was two. Mm -hmm. And I remember looking out the window one day and it was like grim, you know, London gray. (laughs) And I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't live this life anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't fit it. It didn't fit me. So I said to my husband, look, we're moving to Mexico. (laughs) 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 And that wasn't so random because we'd met in Mexico. But he said, I remember him just saying, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, yeah, we're moving to Mexico because I can't take this anymore. I need, I I didn't know exactly what I needed, but I knew I couldn't spend another day doing, having a, living a conventional life. Mm -hmm. So we reduced our lives to three suitcases and got on a plane with our two cats Our daughter, not having been to where we were going, (laughs) we we just literally got rid of all the ties and took a huge risk and left.
0: That's amazing.
1: And I really think that in order for us sometimes to find our path, you have to throw
0: yourself off a cliff, so to speak.
1: Yeah. And I think that life will catch you, mm, like
0: the dog in the water, like the like the your first rescue, yes, the water exactly. catching him, yeah, yes, yes, i and I think when you push boundaries
1: when you when you put yourself out of your comfort
0: zone i I
1: think that's when magic starts to happen, mm.
0: it's like you're putting yourself in the comfort zone of your soul, that's what you were and you're pushing yes. the boundaries of. Construct of things that were artificial to you, uh, but they exactly. still feel like, yeah, it feels like a comfort zone. It's a, it's a, it's a like a, a field of tolerance, or you know right. that. So yes, a homeostasis. Right. Homeostasis is such a powerful uh-huh. drive. Uh huh. But your soul is stronger.
1: Yes. So mm-hmm. we threw ourselves into the unknown, and I mean, it's been such. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't So difficult in so many ways, but it's that difficulty that brings you strength and character and courage and all those things.
0: I love to, uh, this quote I have from Marianne Williamson, she said that, she says that the um, mental and emotional challenges that we have in our life are the gravity against we push to make ourselves stronger like the yogi pushing against the earth or the weightlifter picking up and putting down the weight. That's what actually makes us stronger as we push against those mental and emotional challenges and physical ones too, obviously that we meet. Yeah. Life's challenges. Yeah. Right. And so here you are in Mexico. Where in Mexico are you? I'm here in Mexico. (laughs) Um, it's a beautiful UNESCO world
1: heritage town called you, um, San Miguel de Allende. um, And I had, I mean, I had been here once in 1995 before we actually made the move, but I never thought I'd come back. I mean, I was only here for a month Um, and I just kind of thought that it would be a really good fit for me and my husband. And we thought we were only going to be out here for a year. (laughs) We've been here for nearly
0: 11. That's wonderful. So I'm, I'm
1: all for encouraging people to really follow their hearts, even if you don't necessarily know where it's taking you. Like if you have an urge and it's consistent and there's something yeah. always speaking to you, pay attention to it. That's a soul urge. It's yeah. a soul urge. It mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And the thing that's wonderful about life is not knowing what's going to happen. I mean, why would we do it if, if we knew what was going to happen? You don't read a book. You, you know, you. Right you've already you don't read your own books honestly <laughs> people right. tend to right. read their own books if you re- right. wrote a book you're like I did it <laughs> mm-hmm. you know it reminds me one time um so you uh, you i uh, the audience knows and I mentioned to you I'm an animal communicator and mm-hmm. one of my one of my um cats, her name is Delilah, and she uh picked us she just showed up in my backyard as a kitten and moved in and, you know she's tech she's the a way foster. they do. Yes, they do. Yeah, sitting on the wall, looking at me all flirtatiously. She was totally feral, and um, I thought I was going to foster her. No, she said that's that's absolutely a pass. That's a hard pass on that because I will hide under the couch and no one will want to meet me. <laughs> so, so yeah, she's um, fostered a family. Well, really, just she grew. She's a your our average uh, garden variety kitty. Literally grew out of my garden. <laughs> Not literally, mm-hmm. <laughs> figuratively. <what> I mean. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, she, it, she's amazing, um, spicy and sweet, you know, like just the most wonderful mixture. And she's a small cat. She's tiny. Like she, she looks almost like a kitten size, like the size of a cat who's less than a year old, but all of the feist you could imagine. And so one day I was, um, I was on a, a lost animal case, a cat actually, who, um, had gotten lost and I was going out to help. And, you know, it's just, those are the worst. I mean, honestly, lost cases for me are harder than death and dying because that's natural. It's a natural part, you know, but the unrequited and the, the not knowing what's happened to your animal is just the most painful. So I was going out and I like kind of kissed all my cats. And I said to Delilah, will you pray for me? You know, that we can, you know, we'll find her, the cat. And I can hear her telepathically again it's I could tell because it's so not my own thought it's so it's the mm-hmm. spicy way that she would talk and she was like why would you be so like harsh about like needing prayer i mean we found each other so i mean anything is possible why wouldn't you just assume that it's possible the way that we found each other with just such like certainty like how silly mm-hmm. of you to be in such you know, angst that it might not happen. And, you know, she didn't actually come home, but the point, the point was my attitude. And she really gave me an attitude adjustment about that. Like just, you know, the foregone conclusion that things are turning out. If we found each other, what else? I mean, you, you had to come to Mexico to connect with all your family now, I mean, your animal family and all of the animals that you're rescuing. And you didn't know that.
1: I didn't know that. And actually, I didn't finish my my story before, because when we got on the plane with our, you know, reduced our lives to three suitcases, and we had our two cats with us at the time, one of them was my soul cat, Hmm. and he he died Hmm. about two or three years in, after being here, tragically and suddenly, and I never got to say goodbye to him. I'm so sorry. And... Actually, I credit him <laughs> with everything that happened after and everything that's happening now. Yeah. Because it was actually his death that made me look for Balam. And the minute I saw Balam, I said, him. Mm-hmm. He needs to come with me. I knew it because I could tell in his eyes he needed to be with me. Yeah. It was just a photo I saw. Um, and so I still feel like... Mm-hmm, my dead cat, mezcal. Mm-hmm. Oh. we're still working together. It yeah. would. I wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for him, because I wouldn't have had. Well, so it's just interesting how everything really is so connected, in ways that you could never see or understand at the time. That's so. I common. Mean, I'm devastated.
0: Of course, and died. that is I so really. common in my animal communication work is that. The, the animals who pass they they pick the next animal i'm certain mm-hmm. i'm certain of that
1: mm-hmm. i am sure I mean, in fact i'm i'm kind of it, it, it was such a mysterious death and so bizarre mm-hmm. that i almost feel like he was like yeah i got to go because you got to do this right right it,
0: <laughs> bizarre and they they it doesn't and this is another thing like you can't see it but their transitions their graduations they do they do something with it every time mm-hmm. they do like mescal did what he did gave you balam and moved you forward in this work they'll also do things like just energetically the the way that an animal will pass sometimes if you relate it in their body symptoms they're working they'll take with them energy from your body with them to assist them in the the decline of their body. So like when my, my cat, Aramis, who's been gone now 10 years, um, he had kidney issues, which most cats do. And he also had a brain lesion that was pressing against his optical nerve. I was legally blind at the time and needed eye surgeries, as well as having a third eye awakening right alongside of his death. So Amazing. the sacral energy, the third eye energy, and my physical eyes even. Um and so he manifested that to help his body to power down and take that energy with him across. Yeah.
1: I, I mean, animals are so remarkable. And to me, they're all, everything is more conscious than mm-hmm. we give yes. credit. Mm-hmm. Everything. I'm talking about rocks, leaves, trees, yes. everything. I really, really firmly believe that. Mm-hmm. And I, I think cats are particularly Tuned. Mm -hmm. Um, Very sensitive. Very, very sensitive beings. And I love that about them. I love that you have to work with them. I love that you have to convince them (laughs) that you you will work
0: their time. You do.
1: You have to work. And it's not a dog.
0: (laughs) No codependence with cats. No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe with Balaam, but (laughs) he's different. Yeah. So, um, well, Balam and you have these wonderful conversations, and again, like it's not, it's not. Just, maybe some people the way they're experiencing it is something a little more surface, and it's just like, oh, isn't that funny? But you do see it's evident in in the humor that you share with him. And by the way, that's another thing I I think people are surprised to understand is that animals have sense of humor. They they have cats are hilarious. You think that your cat is telling you a joke or you think you're making it up. No, they really are telling you jokes and they love to see you laugh. They don't their faces don't smile in exactly the same ways as ours do, but you can see it in their eyes and feel it in them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. God, god I love cats. <laughs> Me too. So I have four now. I've had as many as six and um and they're all just well i'll tell you if i'll share a story with you one who um the, the the most recent one to join our family which has been now 5 years ago but he was a rehome he's six he was 6 years old when he came to live with us he's a purebred russian blue and i've never had a purebred cat before it doesn't matter that much but you know it's really interesting you know mm-hmm. and um so he was actually his name is konkon and um my husband knew him cuz he lived, he was the, in the family of someone who's like a colleague and friend of my husband. So he would go over there and visit and like have some scotch with this friend slash colleague in his studios. as my husband, musician. And Khan was there. That's what he was called. We, we doubled his name. We called him Khan Khan when he came to live with us. And so they'd been friends since he was a little kitten. And he would always like come you know, look right into his face, you know, hello, hi. I mean, you know how cats do that Ones that are... <laughs> That are very sociable. They're like, how rude. Why didn't you say hello to me? Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. Well, I'm probably that way, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so, yeah, he knew him all that time. I'd never met him. And then this one night... I while well, I woke up in the morning and I usually don't talk in the morning to my husband until he actually usually gets up earlier than I do. And I, and I don't talk right away. You know, I need a little time to warm up. But we were both still in bed as we woke and we're kind of like just rousing. And I so I told him while we're still lying in bed, I just had this really interesting dream, and it just stood out so much. There was this cat. Well, it was like my cat Phronsie, who's my famous cat. Um, he has 18 million views on YouTube, (laughs) just decided he wanted that attention. And, um, he, I was like, there's Franzi had this condition, but you know, he was, he was fine. It was the thing with the condition It made him turn into the silver cat, but it also made him live to be like age 40. And so it was a strange dream, but I kept seeing this silver cat that was, that I loved. Like, and I think this was Franzi leading me to him actually. It's so strange. And my husband's like, oh, how weird. Sounds like it was a good dream. I'm like, yeah. Well, then we go through our work day. And then that evening, we're sitting on the couch next to one another watching TV. My husband's on his computer. And he goes, oh, my God, I can't believe it. Robert wants to rehome Con," And and I was like, I, I mean, I was like, I don't want to know about that sadness. Like someone who rehomes their cat. I just I don't want to be in the story of that because I don't. And I also don't want to judge them. I and so I didn't want to look at it. And I was like, well, I mean, there must be some reason why <laughs> they do need to separate. It's probably for the best, you know, whatever, without even like, I was like, kind of like, don't tell me the story. And then he turned the computer to me and he said, I mean, look at him. And it was him from my dream. And Maybe. all day long, I had been thinking, I've never seen a cat like that, that's silver. My friend, uh, you know... Patty has Cadbury, who's like a heathery gray. And then the, the my cat, who one of my ferals outside, he's like a slate gray. And I was thinking of all these gray cats. I've never seen a silvery cat like that. So he turned the computer to me. And again, you know, I have a no vacancy sign out because we already – now we had three cats at that time and two ferals that I was, you know, taking care of. Uh, but when he turned that computer to me and showed me Khan, I was like, he's ours. That's who I – he came to me in my dreams last night. And I'm not that – I mean – it has to really like knock my door down in order for me to kind of take signs that seriously, but it was undeniable. And so two weeks later he moved in.
1: (laughs) I don't think cats pay much attention to our no vacancy signs.
0: (laughs) I don't think Delilah didn't. Delilah certainly didn't conch (laughs) on. They have their own agenda. Totally. Yeah. That was for me. That's so that I'm not out there just like collecting them. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I would love to hear more about, oh gosh, so the Balam Foundation has been, It's it's been like two years since it's been up and running with a 501C. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, uh-huh. and you're, yes, tell us about the work. And also, so, uh, a lot of people yeah. don't understand what TNR is, and I really would love to um, explain what that is and just all the amazing work that you're doing. So the best way to start to
1: say that if people think the overpopulation problem is bad in the states,
0: right?
1: Here in a developing country, it's the problem is tenfold. Yeah. And I think this has been something that was stirred in me a long, long time ago, um, really wanting to do something about this. But until I had the lamb, I didn't know how. <laughs> but I remember, for example, traveling in India. And whenever you go to these developing countries, there are animals like... Yeah,
0: everywhere, clinging all to planet. you too. Yeah, it's, and
1: asking yeah, for it's help. Yeah. I guess it's, it's yeah. painful. So I remember driving around India and seeing dogs everywhere. And I thought, oh my God, what I would love to do is just bring beds here and sterilize everybody. Yeah, And that was just a seed that was planted in 2007. Mm. And then... Um, you know, it's it's plainly obvious to me that the, the the problem here is overpopulation, and then as a result of overpopulation, animals end up in the streets. Mm-hmm. Animals end up dying of dying of starvation, of disease, um, cruelty. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, uh, lots of abuse. Um, and so wherever there's wherever wherever people are suffering. Uh, it's so much worse for animals. So there's yeah. a lot of poverty here, a lot. And so, of course, when we have poverty, we also don't have education. Mm-hmm. So people literally don't. I mean, I think it's complicated. I think when you're when when people are poor, you know, mm-hmm. their lives aren't valued. So I think there's a kind of like, why would you, why would I value this cat? Why, yeah. I mean, nobody's paying attention to me. No one's taking care of me. No one's helping me. Mm-hmm. So. Anyway, I decided that I was myself with the Balan Foundation and we were going to focus on providing free sterilization for right. animals in all the impoverished communities around our town. Mm-hmm. And that's what we do. We we have a team of vets who go out to local communities once a week and we sterilize cats and dogs for free. in an, In a day... We go out with about three vets, and we'll do about 40 animals. Wow. For free. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really like battlefield surgery.
0: I mean, there's no- right, right. It's not, <laughs> it's not pretty. It's not pretty. <laughs> yeah. um, it's not pretty.
1: Yeah. But it's making a difference. And then every so often what I'll do is I'll bring in a team of vets from Mexico City and we'll have large-scale sterilization campaigns. So we did one in January, I think it was, and we sterilized 237 cats in a weekend.
0: Mm. A feral, as well as demes- uh, tamed, or they're they're mostly people who
1: can't afford the vet okay. fees. Sure. Who actually care about their animals?
0: Yeah.
1: Who who show up at those events? Uh-huh.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And people will literally wait wait for hours to be seen. That's hours. Nice. It's it's always ex- extraordinary to me how how good and patient and kind people are, and, and and in those circumstances, you can see there's a lot of love there that people have for the animals, and they want to do the right thing. They just can't afford it. Right. Um, another thing we do is um, we have I have a TNR team, so that's trap neuter return. Mm-hmm. So. We um, trap feral colonies of cats and sterilize them and then put them back exactly where they were found. If we trap a kitten yeah. and we can socialize that kitten, that kitten goes for adoption. Right. And they stay with us and we get them healthy and everything. So they don't have to go back. Mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, TNR is incredibly difficult. <laughs> It's difficult trapping cats. I mean, they're so smart. <laughs> um, but it's a really effective and humane way of dealing with feral cat colonies. Mm-hmm. And then I have also a, a foster to adopt program. So I'll have like 20 animals at a time, more or less. Um, 20 cats at a time. And uh, that's really my maximum <laughs> Yeah, are they in your home? No, no. You
0: have foster families. I have.
1: I no, no. I foster them myself in another
0: space. Oh, oh, but they're your, they're your responsibility. Yeah, just another space. Yeah,
1: absolutely, all my responsibility. all my responsibility. So, um, I make sure that I get to know each animal really, really well, um, so that I can pair them up with the right person. And then, when somebody steps forward, fills out an adoption fee—sorry, an adoption application. Um, you know, we start connecting, we start talking, and um, if it, if it's a good fit, we send that animal with a with a chaperone to the United States.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. So I've noticed I come across it, and sometimes I'm sure you come across it because you have a big platform. People don't understand, first of all, that dogs and cats are domesticated animals. This means that humans have biologically interfered in their species and they are biologically dependent. That's what domesticated really means is that it's not quite Mm -hmm. as extreme, not as literally as a person who is unhoused or homeless, but it's close. Mm -hmm. They aren't biologically designed. They're not wild animals. People don't understand that a feral cat is not a wild animal. They're not designed to be in the wild. And certainly not in the situations that they usually are in because it's not usually wild either, because it's got human interference. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there's a place in um there's a place in, I think it's in San Bernardino where people ugh, it's so awful. There's it's like a dumping site. Somehow, these people who dump their cats, they have a network. And they all go dump their cats in this one area where there's a huge colony, and there's also like a fast food restaurant. So these cats are eating dumpster fast food, which is completely contrary to an animal a cat's diet. So um, this is why Fedra, if you have a, if she has a, a kitten, will socialize the cat because then put it on its life's path the way that it's biologically designed to, but with feral colonies where they've been in that situation, trapping, sterilizing, and then returning actually controls that population, which may not, they may be too far gone to socialize and returning them keeps them from over, like replacing, like other cats to come in and overpopulating. Yeah.
1: Exactly. That's the key is that it's very difficult to work with ferals. I've done it. I, I dig it now. I have some ferals. It requires a lot of attention mm-hmm. because I have to convince them that I'm worth their time. Yeah. I have to convince them that I'm not going to hurt them. And they've all had negative.
0: They've had years of conditioning that humans are dangerous. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. That's why you see my finger. like. <laughs> mm, yeah. I saw that. Yeah. You got a boo-boo. That's a terrible. Somebody, somebody got you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um
1: but feral cat colonies are actually really, really important because what they do is they provide us with free non-toxic rodent control. Yes, that's true. hmm So we need them. Mm-hmm. If we didn't have cats, we'd up to we'd be up to here with rodents. Yeah. We really mm-hmm. need cats. We really need big cats too, because
0: big cats mm-hmm. really, really help in that regard too. Yeah. I have um I have trapped and, um, well, I've trapped and returned three cats. And one of them is the mother of my cat, Delilah, that I told the story about. And um, um, she actually met her demise about a year after she, after I trapped her. Um, so she had Delilah, but then I didn't really get acquainted with her until about, until the next time she had a litter she wasn't like homing or coming around but then she brought her three kittens of that litter to me and looked at me through the door and said i need help (laughs) i can't handle the." they were you know they were about probably six weeks old at that time they were ready to you know start to separate and so i trapped her babies and they all got home to their wonderful homes um and then i trapped the mom and her name is um marisol by the way and um and spayed her and put her back. But about a month after that, she ate poison in someone's yard who was trying to kill squirrels. Yeah. So, I mean, I have some, I'm still resolving feelings about that. Like, should I have tried to, it's so hard to, like you said, it's hard to, I know it's hard to know. Because this is the
1: thing, because we had a, a, an awful incident recently and I came to understand that If somebody says to you, when you let her go immediately, when you get initially, if somebody says to you, people put poisons in their yards, and she may eat it, and you still do it, I mean, you can't control all these things. You can't control all these variables. And we had something similar happen recently, and it was a trapping that went completely wrong. Um, We set traps. And we we were we we put the traps in, in in a hotel. It was a a really kind of swish hotel. It was within there were walls around it. We were told that the night watchman was going to watch the traps. Mm-hmm. Somehow, a pack of wild dogs Ugh. got in, managed to kill one cat that had been trapped inside the trap. Inside the trap. Wow. How? So you can imagine how horrific we felt. I mean, we were beside ourselves with grief. But I, real, I came to realize that if someone had said to me, there's wild dogs in the area, maybe we'd have, we, 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 but it wasn't even in a thing that I could, mm. it wasn't even in my, we had no idea. We had I no know. idea.
0: It's still, and that's true, but it's still something I work out on a, you know what I mean? It's because we are guardians, because we are their physical guardians, and because collectively the we have put them in the situation that they're in, you know. Oh, oh big big picture, big big picture, and sometimes specific picture too. So it's like you know, was was the alternative that I tried to socialize an adult feral cat with my other three cats that I had, you know, at the time, I didn't have the fourth one yet. It didn't seem like, a, it didn't seem like the most responsible, it seemed like it wasn't the most responsible thing to do. But I actually, also, she was starting to, I was thinking she was going to come in, you know, some cats transition from feral a little bit more naturally. And so I was like opening the door and putting my hand out and she was coming close. So it just, I don't know, it just didn't work out. Her Her higher self pulled the plug.
1: <laughs> That's, I think one of the first things we learn in rescue is that sometimes things go really wrong.
0: Yeah.
1: Even, even when we're trying to help Mm -hmm. things can go really wrong and we don't have control over everything. I think at the end of the day, we can say our hearts are in the right place and we're trying.
0: That's what we have to do. And just, um, I mean, it takes a very special soul, to be able to do work that's like this, to be a rescuer like you are. It's like people who work with children who are in some kind of danger or or ill or sick children. It takes, but it's so, it's so, so unique the way you have to be, what your heart has to be because it's sensitive and compassionate and vulnerable and open, but it has to be resilient as well. So... Th- how, how, do you, how are you doing that? How do you manage it? <laughs> You're like, I, I don't know. Did you see my finger? <laughs> There's a lot it's of joy, a good of course, too. And There's people say joy. to me all the
1: time, mm-hmm. I couldn't do what you do. Yeah. And I think to myself, really? Can, can everybody do this? But I'm learning that, pe- that, it, that it, 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 it is really individual. Um, I think I've been a rescuer my whole life. Yeah. I don't think I know. I've been a mm-hmm. rescuer my whole life. Uh, I started with lizards. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think it's just who I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yes, it's hard. And yes, it hurts. And some days I wonder what on earth I'm doing. Because I just think this is so hard. How do I get myself into this? But also... We're saving so many lives. We're mm-hmm. bettering so many lives. We're, we're providing this. Like I love the, for me, like rags to riches stories. Yeah, Those yeah. are the things. That's what keeps me going because I love it. When we take a cat from a community here that has just had the most awful treatment. Yeah. Uh, or awful experience of life. And then we, we get them and I just know, like that, I can turn their life around, and we can find them a great home. I don't know if you saw my recent rescue, Leona.
0: Yeah, so nice I did. Her. I I did. Yeah, you could tell the story. I I'm, I'm still I'm 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 a bit <laughs> traumatized by the story. The but story is it, traumatizing. It's important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah. It's not. It's
1: but but it it highlights my point. So Leona is somebody who we rescued who had been kicked till they damaged her eye so that it needed removing, broke her jaw, and she had, she was kicked because she was pregnant. Right.
0: I had to. I was explaining the story to my husband last night, and he's like, he was like, does not... Oh, it's un, it's it. incomprehensible. Like, you yeah, he's like, I don't understand that. I don't yeah, understand I don't, that. What does that mean? I don't either. And, right. Yeah, right. So she was kicked because she was pregnant. And so, of course, all her babies died.
1: But... Okay, so she came to me and I just, this is, this is the sad thing is that a lot of these animals come to me because they've had an awful experience and I find them that way. Otherwise, I wouldn't find them. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like, this is why I call myself every cat's fairy godmother. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, we can take this horrible story, horrible, tragic, terrible thing, And for me, the joy comes in going, I can't think about what happened. Like, I can't even go there. But let's think about what, let's try to imagine what we can create for you. Like, what kind of amazing life we can give you now for something that you never, ever, ever deserved. And somehow, she still manages to be sweet. That's what astounds me. These animals, their souls are just
0: so gorgeous. This is really... In the framework of what you're doing, there are so many. I would say people, you know, so people, everyone who's listening here has a certain kind of soul calling, mm-hmm. the way that you have, the way that I have. You have a a drive of compassion and wanting to make the world better, and also probably think that, like, with this person who kicks a cat because she's pregnant, like, how are these also human beings? And I'm a human being. Like, this doesn't make any sense, but. The pain that we collect from our observation makes us feel disempowered, and so what I'm loving about this and what you're modeling for us is that there's something way more important than you have to. You have to bootstrap and move past it because yeah. there there is something wonderful on the other side, almost there always. Mm-hmm.
1: There really is, and I think um, experiencing your own pain and tragedy and personal tragedies which I've had, you know, and moving through that and getting to the other side, that strength that you get when you get to the other side is like, I can do this. I can do it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, such and such an incident didn't kill me. Right.
0: Right. And, you know, so... That and the evidences of that, that we get to draw upon, we move through those experiences. It doesn't, I mean, unfortunately, it doesn't mean that it's less painful the next time you meet another Leona, but it does mean that you're stronger to be able to bear the pain and to move forward and to have you. It gives us a momentum, I would think. Would you agree? The yeah, momentum that, that builds. Absolutely. And I think, you know, humans are so complicated.
1: Yeah. We can be so awful. And we can be so kind.
0: Mm -hmm. And we will be right back. Hi, friend. It's Trisha Carr with an invitation for you if you are ready to accelerate your ascension and connect to the swift flow of your life mission. Mind-Body Ascension Acceleration Coaching. All of my clinical training, my experience from teaching and providing countless sessions and classes, one-on-one group coaching, healing, reading, teaching, channeling, as well as my calibration as a human design reflector. I'm offering all of this to you to step up your entire life, to accelerate your ascension walk. If you've had a single session with me if you've had coaching or if you've experienced transformation from any of my offerings my classes podcasts videos well this is an accelerated and exponentially charged this is what my soul has prepared for an eternity and up to now and if you hear this call then this is also co-created with your soul your life is meant to be joy first and a service, as a close and integrated second. This coaching is especially tuned for high achievers who want to accelerate their progress on their life mission and create mind-body well-being and higher attunement. Submit to work with me in this powerful container, this premium coaching. If you feel the call, you can do it. I guide, you take action. I hold the resonant projection field, channel your steps, and you take action. The first action step is to fill out an application, the link to which you will find in the description. Be prepared, be ready, to upgrade your mind, body ascension, and your connection and flow with your spiritual mission. And now back to the show.
1: And also in reflecting on how I got started with this to begin with, one of the things that I think I was drowning in, in depression and despair oh. before I started Bologna Foundation, actually, because mm-hmm. I felt so powerless, you know, I, I love this planet so much, yeah. and to just constantly witness the destruction is, is too much, it's too much for me, I can't handle it. Mm-hmm. You know, climate change is something that's really, it's something that really calls me. I I can't, I can't stand that the earth is suffering by our hands Mm -hmm. and greed. Um, So, you know, I, I just, I, I just felt so despairing, but something that I think that I want to share with the, with the listeners is that you kind of have to go where your pain is. Oh God. I'm writing that down. <laughs> that because you, like, have, wow. you have Wow. You have to go where your pain is because that's what's going to that's what's gonna save you.
0: That's what's calling out to you. That is that's that's, that's the it. sense like of calling. I, I can't
1: stand to see this animal suffering. Suffer. I mm-hmm. I have to do something. This is painful for me to watch. Yeah. so in, in in you know in 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 feeling all that compassion it it makes action and then the action you can create something wonderful yeah
0: it's the, that's that's really what you're describing or the way you so eloquently just put it out there for us that's what transcendence is transcendence doesn't mean to leave and float away from something and bypass things it means you have to go through the thing you have to go through it. And survive it and and become better because of it and stronger. Mm-hmm. And we have choices. Mm-hmm. You know, we have choices to be good. We can
1: choose kindness. We can choose, you know. Mm-hmm. I choose to be kind. Kindness is really important value to me. Like, yeah. I say to my, do- my daughter, you can be anything you want. Well, one thing I insist is that you be kind. Yeah. I don't care. She can do have, the rest is up to her, <laughs> <laughs>
0: but kindness is a must. You know, one time kindness changed my life dramatically. I was in I was in a depressed and unhappy and really really not living in a not working uh, in a fulfilled way, and I had like one and like it was this new job of the same bullshit of the same painful thing, and I decided you know what. I, I can see the pattern; it's going to repeat itself. I can see that if I complain that it's this person's fault or this person's fault that I work with, that, that those are just the same patterns with different names, and I'm the common denominator. So, what can I do? And I just decided I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to be okay with the fact that I want things to change, and I'm ready to move on from this. And I don't know how to do that, but I can be kind. So, I'm going to make that my mantra. And I was walking into that work situation. Saying, well, I'm going to be kind. And even if someone comes to me without kindness, I'm going to still be kind. Not not let people walk all over me, but you can somehow right. work those measurements. And, and it was actually just two months later that I was out of that situation and changed my life. And my life's work started to really change dramatically. So that was and another kind of soul calling. It was, yes. And by the way, all of those things, if we st- stitch those timelines together, <laughs> the cat my cat, who I mentioned with the brain lesion and the kidney failure, he—it's like he took me across that threshold. I had only started the new career that changed my life. I'd only been in it like two months, and it's like he took me across that threshold and said, "My work's done now." And by the way, also the month before he passed, I got the two cats who, uh, in my family now, and I—I I didn't think I wasn't—I didn't know he was passing. I thought that he, you know, they were going to be his little like guide at cats because he had lost his sight. I thought, "Oh, these kittens will be able to help him navigate the house." You know, I thought I was, you know, in the mindset that he was going to be living longer, but you know, he picked the next two cats. He got me across the threshold of changing my life in a way that was helping to empower me and move forward into the calling and and then he said, "My work is done." That's well, I mean, it's a very similar story then to mine. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, what? Tell us about your family. We have Balam, who is one of the Oriental Shorthairs. <laughs> let's let's end on a silly note. <laughs> oh. Oh, I have so many cats. Oh. <laughs> How many do you have? Five,
1: seven. seven? I have oh, two gosh. that are living with my parents because I had a foster fail.
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: oh. Um. You know, uh, I—they just are these um, incredible, incredible beings uh, Mm -hmm. in my life. Who, what, what always amazes me, especially doing rescue now, is how deeply individual each being is. Yeah, and and how much character they have, Mm -hmm. and what's beautiful. When you rescue them, is that when they're no longer in fight or flight? Yeah. When they first come to us, I'm, I'm deviating <laughs> them. okay. When they first come to us, they are so terrified. Mm-hmm. And then as they start to realize that we're feeding them, we haven't,
0: you know, we're taking care of them, nothing bad's happened. Worshiping them. Relax. <laughs> Like, and they're like oh just doing everything should do everything for me
1: <laughs> right their their character starts to come out and i'm constantly amazed at you know when you really give your energy and attention to an animal that's when their character is really going to start to come out you really enable them to be themselves mm-hmm. um so I think, what do I, what I want to say? I guess when I got to and Chaska, I was a different person then. Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: How long has it been now? How old are they?
1: Uh, they've been with us for seven years. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was. I was a different person, completely, actually. Mm-hmm. And I think... Just as we've as as I've started to do this work, and I've I've gotten you know more and more cats, and helped more and more cats, I yeah, I guess I just want people to know how. I mean, I, the people who are listening to this will know already, but I mean, they just really, really, just deeply so enrich our lives. Mm-hmm. And so I just feel like my life is so rich because I have all these experiences of all these characters, not just the ones who live in my house under my roof, but the ones I'm fostering too. Like, okay. it's so hard for me to let go. Oh. There's, it's
0: just, I, I can't imagine. I mean, I, I have done that before. And one of, the, one of Delilah's siblings from the other litter, I only had him, for, and he was one of those feral kittens that just somehow wasn't feral. Like I could touch him right away, you know? And, uh, and then he, yeah, I was absolutely destroyed and like cried and cried and he was with me for like two days, but I was, I bonded with him so hard and he imprinted on me and yeah, <sighs> the, the strength it takes for you to do that piece, let alone all of that the other piece.
1: <laughs> I guess what I'm learning, and I don't mean this to sound in a, a, a an egoic way at all, but uh, I guess I'm learning my own strength. Mm-hmm.
0: I don't think I knew. And I don't think we know until we do something. And, and, and then when, when you're learning it, you feel so weak. You keep feeling weak in order to learn your strength. Does that make sense? Yes, of yeah. course. Yeah. Of course.
1: I, I, more than anything, I think what I want to convey to people is that you. I really encourage people to listen to that voice that says, that's asking them to do something more. Like, what is it that you, what is it that
0: hurts you? What is it you can't stand to yeah, see? What is it, the pain points, you know, yeah. The pain. Like, <laughs> you go there. Yeah. And to not be, and to do our best to go the one step at a time, to bring presence to it. Because I think that's how we feel defeated. Because how can you save all of the animals in Mexico, let alone all of the animals in your area? we got to go one step at a time. Today, it's Leona, you know? Um, like
1: mm-hmm. uh, somebody, I once read it's like it rescue is like emptying the ocean with a spoon. Yes. <laughs> it's like that. It really is like that. Yeah. And I never know when someone's going to come. I don't look for them at all. They just come. Mm hmm. Mm
0: hmm. It's amazing to me, actually. They, they just come. Yeah. So you have um, Balam, you have Chaska. Those mm-hmm. are both Oriental shorthairs. So are they siblings? Ori- are yeah. they from the same? same litter. Oh, good. So they're yeah. Oriental shorthairs. And then everybody else is Mexican. Yeah. Cat. And so they were all, like, rescued, all of the others? As kittens? Or? Everybody. Zog everybody. and, who do we have? Zog, Zog
1: Rue, Rue, and, and Una. You know. They're yeah. all rescues. And they just showed up. And that was before I was doing what I'm doing now. So they would show up, and then I just. (laughs) They show
0: up and say, I live here now. (laughs) Yeah, so that's why I said, okay. (laughs) Guess what? We're in love today.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I uh, I mean, it's so hard because I've got two that I'm so in love with at my parents' house, living at my parents' house, and I. more than two what am I saying I've got I've got everybody I love at my parents (laughs) house there's just too many and I love them all and it's all it's all very painful work I mean saying goodbye is painful and it's I have to say another thing about rescues that is never simple like you get every single cat is a safari (laughs) (laughs) you know a safari of illness perhaps like okay you have this horrible horrible injury and we're treating it but it's there's no such thing as a straight line in healing Mm And I I knew that already because I'm an acupuncturist. There's no such thing as a straight line.
0: (laughs) I'm laughing because I don't know if you've heard this or noticed this, but cats tend to not walk in straight lines. They usually walk (laughs) like sideways. Yes, they meander.
1: (laughs) Yeah, their healing paths are all like that too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's always more complicated than we think. Always, always, always. And some days I just think, oh, my God, if I see any more diarrhea, I think I'm going to lose the plot. Hmm. Because no matter what we do, we treat it, and uh, I could go on and on. I mean, but it's it's just it's it's very hard work, very yeah. very hard work.
0: How can but people support? Going. Yeah, how can people support Balam's Foundation with the Balam Foundation? Um, follow we're have Instagram for sure, and um, yeah, what are some things? Yes, that we are, we have
1: a website, mm-hmm. balamfoundation.org. Mm-hmm.
0: Balam accidentally. Uh,
1: I say accidentally. I, mean, what I meant to say actually means <laughs> jaguar. Oh, and so um, jaguar is the uh, balam is the jag is the word for jaguar in Mayan. Mm. And I have a really really deep love of wildcats,
0: and um, I couldn't work with wildcats. <laughs> right, <and that's, laughs> you need all kinds of degrees and stuff too. <laughs> And it's
1: always Maybe a slippery a slope with wild cats. I'm, I'm, the very few people do it <laughs> okay. well. It's very, very difficult. But anyway, um, so the jaguar is the most emblematic species of Mexico. And, and so that ties into. So, anyway, that's why we're called the Lamb Foundation. Mm. It's, it, it's it's not just from my cap, it's also my love of, of yeah. Mexico, my love of culture here, and, and the fact that it points to cats in general, the
0: word big this here, This here, um, I'm indicating a necklace that I'm wearing for the listeners. It's You can't uh-huh. see it very well. It's a pendant. It's actually the goddess Ishel that I'm wearing, and oh. I felt really called to wear her today. And Ishel is a Mayan goddess of midwifery, and I don't know what else, but yeah, she's powerful, divine, feminine, Mayan goddess. Right. So I didn't realize Balam was, uh, was Mayan. <laughs> I, I mean, yes, I know. the word you. is Mayan. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And yeah. what do you have? Do you have a necklace on that? I, I have, have a bat. On? Oh, how beautiful. Oh, I love I it. like bats. I do too. They're People, really interesting. They're flying they rodents. They're so yeah, cute. They, you know what? They have more genetic commonality with cats. Really? Than rodents? Yes. Oh, yes. interesting. But they are rodents, right? Technically. I think they're in <sighs> I, I'm going to have to look this up after we speak because... Somebody, their faces look like dogs to me. They look like little puppies. Some of them. Yeah.
1: Yes. Mm. <laughs> some of them do. Some of them do. I'm going to have to look bats up because I think they're their
0: own special order. They're, there's, oh. There's, uh-huh. there's felines. They're <laughs> amazing. I, I've, I've, they I've, are amazing. I've been in a room, like one got into the room, uh, you know, in this house that we were, I was visiting. And we just had to open the window because, but he's flying silently. And he knows exactly how to find the window because of the sonar. I mean, they are it's they are cr- amazing beings. It's yeah.
1: Uh, I mean, I've had one fly towards me and then yeah, you know, miss me at the last second because yeah. obviously the sonar went. Yeah. <laughs> birds do not you have, have to... that. No, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> birds run into things all the time. Exactly. Exactly. No, they're extraordinary uh, beings, and I also get such a bad rap. And I guess you know, cats do too.
0: Hmm. Yes. Well, you know what? I didn't realize. First of all, I didn't realize this until just a few years ago. I had it was insane to me. There are still. I didn't. Mean, I didn't know that black cats, and I guess to a, a large extent too, black dogs are the ones who are most commonly euthanized and ab- abandoned, and not everything. I think part of it has to do with the superstition. Part of it has to do with they just don't think they're as cool looking or something. I don't know. It, that's shocking to me, like that when I learned that, because I just can't. And actually, I have a student, I have a client and student who, well, I, I don't want to say because I don't want, this is her perspective, but she lives in a certain country where they, they actually are terrified of black cats still. They think that black cats are evil. Like that's a common superstition.
1: It still is here. It still is here. If I have a cat who's black or tabby.
0: hmm yeah, because tabbies are common. We're not going to people. get
1: any applications, or not many. I mean, Leona, this one who's had this horrific, uh, terrible abuse, who was pregnant, I didn't get many adoption for, uh, applications for her. If she had blue eyes, she would have had many.
0: That's if I so have an animal wild. come
1: in with blue eyes, I get so many applications
0: that just boggles my mind. Like that makes, that makes no sense to me at all. And, and I have Barnabas is my solid black cat. Well, he's not, he's got a little, he's got about 20 white hairs right here. It's like his little priest (laughs) collar. (laughs) And he is, we say about him, he's the best person in the world. Like he is, it's, it's a science fact that my black cat Barnabas is the best person in the world. In case you all were wondering, Barnabas for president and everything else, but I'm voting for him. <laughs> the, Balam not so much. He's like Franzi No, not not a good, Franzi's not a good person. <laughs> he's magical. <laughs> but he's not really a good person. <laughs> right. So it's really amazing. Again, the disparity between some a person who has those that misconception or miseducation, oh my or God. compared to a whole what other- we know. <laughs> It's like it's a whole nother level
1: uh, to rescue in Mexico. People think right. cats are the souls of the dead.
0: Oh, gosh.
1: People think if you sleep with a cat, you'll go blind. Oh my God. We rescued one cat who was black, who was poisoned over Halloween. Mm. And the people who initially rescued him, really sweet, well-meaning family who fed him a mixture of oil and milk because they thought that would help. And then they made a little incision on his tail so that the poison could come out. Oh, my God. So that, oh. Oh. I mean, so, honestly, it really rescues a whole other level here because we deal with so much bonkers. It's like superstition and... Uh, Wow. It's exhausting. I mean, we just pulled in uh, another example. We just pulled it in the mother with... She had three kittens when they got here. Mm -hmm. They only sent two kittens. They had been feeding these cats rice. And the reason they didn't send the third is because they wanted to keep him. Even though we said, look, these cats need this, 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 and this. We can provide them with all of it. They... They hid That's one when we them. went to pick them up and they wouldn't give it to us. And and they're feeding that cat rice. I mean uh, cats
0: cats can't eat grain, you guys. <laughs> <I know.
1: laughs> they rice also can't is not
0: an adequate food for cats. And also, despite what cartoons have shown us our whole lives, they they are cow milk lactose intolerant. They don't yes. drink cow's milk. It's not Absolutely it's not a, appropriate not. for them.
1: <laughs> I mean if you want to give them really bad diarrhea. <laughs> yeah, You can feed them cow smoke. I mean, it's a terrible yeah. idea. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. you know, that's another thing yeah. we deal with here. There's so much lack of education um, and also much macho culture. Yes. Right. So often at these sterilization campaigns, when we go into the, you know, these communities where these animals have no access to vet care. Mm-hmm. all the animals that are taken are females because hmm. they think that females are solely responsible for reproduction. <laughs> <laughs> and so we, when we tell them, no, you have to sterilize your males too. You have yeah, to. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's not just the, and the then, bodies that... And then when, that when
1: it, the males
0: actually, when we tell them this, they wince as if oh, they're right, doing it them. They're like, oh, <gasps> But it's, but it's okay. And by the way. But it's okay she, to cut up a female. And it's a serious, it's a major abdominal surgery for a female. Major and it's surgery like, with females. My cats, um, my boy cats, one of them was sterile, had his neutering at like 10 p.m. at the vet. The night before he came home to me the next morning, he was running around the house, bouncing off the walls that, that first yeah, day he came. yeah, Yeah. yeah. It yeah. was like. He was like, "What's I don't know." You know, it was like nothing for him. But my kitten Delilah was very sick for several days because it was a major abdominal surgery. Exactly, exactly. But you know, I mean, things are slowly changing. Yeah, you're doing you're doing so much, and again, to highlight one Leona at a time. You know, uh, it it is it, it it's worth it, even if it's for the ones who we are reaching, and you know, if we can allow our spiritual practice of prayer and energy healing or whatever that would be to help to move us forward and you know to understand to to trust that that does also work i mean it does right it's I, you making know i problems. go back to my initial
1: you know when to when i said i was just felt like i was drowning in in, in mm-hmm. depression for the planet and i know that like i'm not I'm not. I'm not single-handedly going to fix climate change. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, none of us are. It's a, it's a collective thing. But yeah, and 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 in a way, this is a, a, a diversion from that. But I, I I see these beings as as Earth's little, you know, these little beautiful creatures that life has made, mm-hmm. and I know I can't say them all, but just. Turning that one life around, one by one by one, it's like it's like turning on a little light somewhere, and yeah. I, I I feel like like our actions do have there's a there's an energy to them, and there's a there's
0: a, a reverberation, a ripple. It's, it's like a it's, ripple effect. Yeah, and it's exponential because it's, it's it's powered by love, so it it is more than the one animal, the one life. I believe. I mean, I
1: I do too. Yeah. I do too. Uh, you know, so, so I, I think of it like putting love into the earth somehow. Yeah. Like being guardians of her beings.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, it's amazing that you're talking about climate change because, first of all, I was talking about it in the car right over here. My friend called me, and he was joking about it because it's been raining so much in California. Oh, and yeah, he like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and probably you imagine you're having a rainier season too. I wish we were. (laughs) Oh, you you know, everything's crazy. Okay. Yeah, and so he was joking. He's making that joke that people make, like, "What? When is this global warming going to start to benefit us?" You know, like he wants it to get warm. And I was like, "Well, first of all, that's why they we call it climate change now because it's not just about being hot." Right.
1: I mean, look how crazy winters are in the states
0: now. Yeah, I know they are. It's very, and but. So it's about 10 days ago, maybe two weeks ago, I, I'm a, so I channel, I, I'm a channel. So I channel, I'll just go live sometimes and I don't necessarily know what's going to happen or what I'm, what I'm I'm going to bring through, but the message was very much about climate change. And, um, the, the, the message was that essentially, the spiritual reason that climate change is happening is because of the repression of the divine feminine or of, and even of like, it's like we are projecting our pain about our relationship with mother onto our Mm -hmm. planet. Mm -hmm. You know, the wounding of mother, they kept saying we've shut mother, we've shut woman in the closet and her voice is drowned. And so is her love and it's getting better. It's gotten better, but it's not healed. It's, you know,
1: I blame so much of what is awful of what I see on patriarchy. Yep, exactly. And that's when somebody says to me, how can somebody do that to Leona? In my mind, I can't put this on my page because people, I don't think will get it. Well, there's Um, not enough
0: space. You can Um, in the podcast. It's not not the right forum. Exactly. (laughs) But
1: I always think because patriarchy, that's Mm -hmm. why, that's Mm -hmm. why people can do this because we're so wounded. You have to be so you have to have the feminine in you and we all have it. So mortally wounded to be able to be that
0: unkind. Yeah. You have to be so so what the what the message came through it said it likened what we're doing to the planet and by the way that we're we're kind of wrong-headed in the way we think I mean, it's like what we're doing to the planet, and we need to save the planet. And it's like, okay, however, when a body has a disease, the question is always, is the immune system of the body strong enough to overcome the disease, or can the disease overcome the body? And the answer to this is, the immune system of the planet is hella strong, going to overcome the disease, which is what we are. Mm -hmm. We are hurting ourselves. We're hurting our planet, but she will heal from it, no problem. And she might have to do it by getting rid of us. Mm-hmm. That's the fact. And well, that's the one thing. And then the other, the they the, in the message, it was using this example of self harm and how self harm is meant to control one's emotions, and often it has to do with needing to feel an aliveness in the connection to the feminine, or maybe in the connection to mother, and not necessarily your literal mother, but it had. Mm-hmm. But that's what mm-hmm. they were saying. So that's basically mm-hmm. what we're doing: self harm. With what we're doing to, you know, the environment. And when I see, you know, when I see the, the landfills, when I see videos of that, that's when I want to, that's when I get defeated and take to my bed and, and think I can't do anything and, you know. It's
1: very painful. I find it, for me, it's
0: the most painful thing.
1: Yeah. This whole and so change. the
0: message came out practically saying, okay, some of us have a spiritual practice of praying and doing energy healing, and that's great. And some of us are more activistic, and they march, and they vote, and they donate money, and they write congressmen. And the time is now that it's – all of that is your spiritual practice. You have to do all of it. I agree. And it's the, – the time has run out. It's just like – Right, like we needed to do this in the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The wake up call was then. And we do need to do the interpersonal work, the spiritual work about it too. Like we need to, we need to mother ourselves. We need to embrace our divine feminine and let that come out and nurture, like nurture, like a fucking warrior and a goddess in order to get over this. Yeah. Getting passionate.
1: (laughs) Yes. No, I love it. I mean, I, I don't, this, this just came to me. I'd never thought it before, but I think I don't know if I'm going to get pinned to the wall for this, but it just, it was a thought that came to you, that came to me rather. Like, rescue feels like a very feminine
0: work. It's very Mm -hmm. feminine. Right. And it's very mothering, you know. It's mother fighting for for her children. It's mother fighting. Yeah. And that's what we have to activate in us now. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, we... I, I,
1: my my great feeling is that like people often say to me, "Oh, you're really inspiring." Well, I, that's not why I'm doing this. Right, <laughs> right. If it inspires someone to do something good or follow your heart or listen to your soul's calling, great. Because that's, I mean, things are so bad on the planet right now. My feeling is that the what we have to bring to the table, each and every one of us, is the best version of ourselves. And I'm mm-hmm. not saying I'm there yet, but I feel like how the question has to be, how can we contribute?
0: Yeah.
1: How, yes. how can we contribute to life on this planet? How can we, how can we make a difference? And I would I just advise people to start where you are. I mean, yeah. I want to work with wildcats, but I can't. So I'm here yeah. <laughs> I'm working with domestic. <laughs> Barrel cats. (laughs) I mean, they're close, believe me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um, this has been such an amazing conversation, and I didn't even, I had no idea (laughs) everywhere we would go. Um, People can support. Balam Foundation um, by donations and obviously following an Instagram t- to stay on top of cases that show up where you can specifically donate. Like, for example, Leona has yeah. specific care. And um, do you have it set up so that people can be on like a subscription to regularly donate? Yes, absolutely.
1: Monthly? I mean, if go you ahead. go to mm-hmm. um we... Uh, You'll see our website. You'll see the donate button, and then on PayPal, you can you can organize donations however you wish. Good, and any amount
0: helps. Any amount
1: helps. I mean, any amount helps. (laughs) Everything helps. You know, uh, people can give what they can. I mean, I'm 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 grateful for it all. And you know, we're a small nonprofit. We've only been working for two years. My feeling is that. There's no limit to what we might be able to do yeah, yeah. with the right help and funds. So, you know, my dream, I'm like, I tell my, my vets and my staff to like, sterilize every animal in the country. Yeah. <laughs> <It's my dream. laughs> I mean, it's impossible, but oh, yeah. um, you know. I, I, I that's the way to stop animal suffering. And and mm-hmm. it, it, I've always, like I say, going back to the beginning, I've always had such a deep, strong connection to animals. Yeah. I think I've been a whisperer my whole life. Of course. Yeah. I, I don't, it's funny. I, I, we have to talk more about what you do because I'm really interested in that, maybe a yeah. aside from this, but because yeah. um, I think there's a difference between a whisperer and a communicator, but.
0: There's two, I'd I say there are two people. different. I think they overlap but yeah yeah there's um there's overlapping but this the specific thing that I that I do as a service I mean I do whispering mm-hmm. and that happens more with your own I would say that's mm-hmm. how it feels like with your own animals and your family because they are your body and you know they're just extensions of your body as a service I actually communicate telepathically with animals and turn it into an evidential conversation I can give back to the human where they're like, oh my gosh, my, I mean, like evidence is things that I don't know, their their cat or their dog is able to tell me and give it back to them in specifics so that they understand the depths of, that their animal is a full, robust, <laughs> spiritual and cog- cognitive being, you know, And that goes
1: back to me, my strong feeling is that every being is more conscious than yeah. we realize, like, right. It's yes, really, there's,
0: there's so much depth. There's sentience in everything. There absolutely is. I'm a panpsychist. where there's energy, there is information, or where there's energy, there is consciousness. Now, I think what humans have to be aware of is that just because we it isn't exactly like us, doesn't mean it's not, <laughs> you know, conscious or sentient. You know, right, right. It's just it's different. It's like having two different languages. It doesn't mean that absolutely. Oh. And that, but that comes back to patriarchy. Yeah, it does. You know,
1: somehow yeah. we think because we speak languages. <laughs> right. And yeah. we can understand each other. We can I mean dolphins speak, whales speak. Oh, God. They all speak to each other.
0: Cetaceans each are other. they're so much more evolved than we are. The cetaceans, oh, whales and dolphins, they are oh they're God. really highly ascended I mean, beings. Mhm. Uh, Yeah, but Um, it's true. You know, we have, and the other thing we have to recognize is to not also not project our human perspective onto them, like honor where they are. That's, that's what I teach in, in animal communication. Like I see people sometimes project like, well, for example, here's just this, my cat is peeing outside the box. Are they angry at me? Are they trying to tell me something? It's like, well, first take them to the vet because they, you know what I mean? They feel unsafe in the litter box, but no, it's not like anger and it's a retribution. They don't they don't operate that way. <laughs> you know what I mean? They don't mm-hmm. throw, they don't like like a little kid being naughty. That's not mm-hmm. that's not the path of emotional flow for them. There might be a message to discern from it that they're unwell or that they're stressed, but mm-hmm. it's not like they're going, oh, I'll pee here and then she'll get it. It's not, uh, you know what I mean? That's right. a human thing. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly.
1: Right, But but that's just an example of how much, we are all wounded by
0: patriarchy because True. we yeah. read everything through that filter. Yeah. Love uh, that. We're lens. Being, yeah, we're being punished. We've been wrong. Yeah. Exactly. We're gonna get in trouble. Okay. Yeah. By daddy.
1: Yeah. Right. I think
0: all that's right, so, uh, for, for our listeners.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> not to give you more homework or anything, but I think that's another one of our um challenges in this life mm-hmm. to look at where patriarchy has wounded us and yeah. transcend that because that's what the earth needs now we, we need to move past yeah. all that shit
0: absolutely and in the the feminine the divine feminine the feminine the mother is so strong is so much stronger than it's ever been we've ever been treated and like you said everyone has feminine in mm-hmm. them so mm-hmm. this isn't even necessarily about male-female bodies. It's about duality. It's about, it, d- d- yes, exactly. It's
1: duality, and and that feminine aspect of that du- dual mm-hmm. <laughs> has a voice too, yeah. has an equal representation, art expression,
0: and, and and has been uh, been kept unequal, drowned voice, drowned out, shut in the closet, and that voice well, we is- burned at the stake. I would have been burnt. 100%. Yes. <laughs> I would have been, I would have I would been, have been
1: burnt. <laughs> tied to the stake and burnt alive because not mm-hmm. only do I love cats, but I'm also a healer. So that's the end of that. Mm-hmm. I mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: I had a recollection early in my spiritual awakening of of a past life where I was burned at the stake because in, w- the, it was like in, it was in Europe, uh, the, the the life that I recalled. And one of the main things was that I was about 27 years old and I was unmarried. And that was like the first offense. <laughs> that's bad. I mean that twenty-seven you are way past it. That point. Feral. That is a,
1: definitely and a that's witch. Feral.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we need to exterminate that. <laughs> and then I was a healer and I had animals and all that kind of stuff. And then yeah, that so that life was <laughs> pretty enigmatic of what we're talking about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right. Fedra, I should let you get back to your amazing family. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for all the time we spend. I'm just realizing how long we've been on. And this has been so uh, encouraging. I know we got into some of the the dark material, but I feel, I feel like we faced it with courage. And I love this word courage because the root word of it is heart. Heart, you know? yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well,
1: one thing I want to live is a courageous life. I mean- yeah. That's the most important thing for me. It's got to be a courageous life. It has to be meaningful. It has to mean something. And, you know, Balam will pass on one day. And I wanted to create something enduring from, you know, I wanted to make make something meaningful in the world. I couldn't just make cute cat videos all the time, you know. I mean, I know those are really important to people, too, because they make mm-hmm. us smile. But yeah. but I needed to, to I really need my, my work to have meaning.
0: I love it. And it does. And it means so much. And thank you so much for the work that you're doing. And everyone, definitely please, you know, follow her on Instagram. That's That is a way to brighten your day. I want to encourage everyone to share this episode. And I want to encourage you to go to... It's Balam underscore says, like S-A-Y-S. Mm-hmm. And like maybe share one of her reels. You can share it on your stories if you're on Instagram. And if you will go to the foundation, the Balam Foundation website, you can put a, a link on the story to the website for donation. I just am going to directly challenge us to do that.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much. And actually, we have an Instagram page for the Balam Foundation, too. It's just Balam okay. Foundation, all lowercase,
0: mm-hmm. one
1: word great
0: good okay well thank you and maybe we have an episode two where we're just going to talk about patriarchy i don't know yes i'm <laughs> open to that thank you so much for coming on you're just no, thank you it's a, it's a pleasure pleasure thank you so much Well, there you have it. I hope you feel encouraged by witnessing the the strength of of heart and character and the courage, the bravery of doing the work. And I hope you feel inspired to do a part of it in a way that your soul is calling you. And I wanted to just further add to the message from Barnabas, my cat. As I'm translating the energy that he gives me as he hears what we're talking about and he feels where our hearts are in this conversation and the amazing work that Fedra is doing, he just, he communicates to me this like celebration, like just the one moment of one of the times that Fedra is able to help an animal which you know they're doing many times over whether it's by sterilizing the animals or rescuing animals or giving them medical treatment or finding homes for them that he he shows me like just this burst of ecstatic celebration and that that is the thing even just one of those that it is the work it is the work of light and he expands that out to us and helps hopes that we can let it s- absorb into our being and feel encouraged, meaning to move forward in it. I love that. Fedra said that it's like rescue work is like emptying the ocean a spoon at a time. But, you know, it's, it, we're doing it. It's being done. So in any way that you can, whether, by the way, if you are interested in adopting, if you're, if you're the part of your life where you're you're ready to adopt a cat, Go to Balam Foundation. she may have a cat that you know is people consider aren't beautiful because they don't have blue eyes or they're they they have a common coat marking like tabby or black. Oh if you are if you can welcome one of those into your family, I think that would be just wonderful and of course, other ways that you can that your heart is calling you to um, either get involved or donate or participate in policy change whether that is for animals or for climate issues or all of it because the time is now and your heart is strong and powerful and has a calling that is significant and beautiful so that's what i have for you in this episode and i just appreciate you being here so thanks for tuning in i love you whoever you are